What's up, bro? Brody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super hyped, man. I'm super hyped about tonight, man. Super hyped. Yo, so you you, you notice on the intro, um, we end with, with, with the blue label, right? And most people don't really understand Johnny Walker and the blue label. You do because you like fine and nice stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I know that you Correct. can relate to what's happening with the blue label. So I'm talking to H and she was like, yeah, I see you got the black label. I'm like, what? <laughs> this is why H needs vacation in her life. So that she absolutely, can uh, absolutely. be center. Shout out H. On vacation. Man, we got a lot to cover tonight, man. So let's jump, let's jump right in this in this joint, man. So we're starting off, we're starting off here, right? I'm gonna set it up, right? Seth Andrew and Founder Syndrome, right? And so Seth Andrew uh is the founder of Democracy Prep uh Public Charter Schools. Came in through uh the BES fellowship, the Building Excellent Schools Fellowship. I think he may have been in a cohort around 2006. Uh, maybe 2005, right? Because I started working at Democracy Prep in 2007. So I'm coming to you guys from an informed view, right? This is an informed perspective in terms of uh, my lived experience at Democracy Prep, right? Shout out to the folks that are there now. Uh, Natasha Trivers doing the damn thing. Shout out to you, uh, 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 Miss Trivers. So recently, uh, well, actually arrested last year, because of some financial mismanagement. And a lot of folks in charter space are not talking about this, right? Like you won't, you don't hear very many people saying anything about this, right? It's kind of flying under the radar and nobody's really talking about it. A couple of retweets, a couple of people mentioning or whatever, but nobody's really diving in, right? And so apparently uh, some financial mismanagement, he used funds from Democracy Prep in order to pay for... Uh, uh, pay some interest points down on his mortgage, right? A uh, couple million dollar apartment that he and his wife have in New York City, right? And so my question to you is, as a former charter leader, right? Mm -hmm. And me as a current systems charter leader in this mm -hmm. space, if we were to do that shit, do you think one year in jail would have sufficed? No. I mean, I think first of all, this is where at least from my experience, there should be a wall between, it doesn't matter whether you're the founder or not. There should be a wall between you and the finances. And like, it shouldn't be that easy for you to get your hands on that kind of money. Number one, when I was CEO of C Forever and the Maya Angelou schools, I could have never gotten my hands on that kind of money because there was a CFO. There was like a director of finance. There were all of these layers and I don't think anyone should have that type of access um, to that type of uh, money. Um, I Bro, just think so. So to go go into it even further, right? Because I want to I want to hit on these key points so folks don't think that you know this is an opinionated thing and this didn't actually happen. This is facts, right? Mm -hmm. And so it says, uh, well, first they name him as a they they make sure to name him as a former Obama White House education advisor, right? Like mm -hmm. anything that you see is like, oh, he worked for Obama. He worked for Obama, right? <laughs> so I'm just like, damn, yo, Obama can't get a break. And so um, uh, uh, $218,000 from the charter school he founded. Um, and then they throw his wife under the bus. She's a, a, a news anchor with with, NBC, uh, with CBS. I'm not going to talk about her because she didn't do nothing wrong. Um, 
and he looted money from the escrow accounts belonging to individual schools in the network. Uh, used most of the funds to um to maintain a minimum balance, and gave uh favorable interest interest rates on on his mortgage. So basically, yeah. to pay down uh pay down the points on his mortgage is exactly what I said, right? And so, man, that's that's wild, right? And and, and so but, but, but this is why, again, I I believe, and I've talked about this before with nonprofit leaders. It is important for leaders of color to understand more than the content of their work. If you're a yeah. great teacher and you become a great administrator, it's important to understand finance, charter school policy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the other thing is you need to surround yourself with people who are going to keep you out of trouble, right? Yeah. Like you need to make sure you surround yourself with people who are going to say like, yo, bro, you shouldn't do this because of X, Y, and Z. But if you need extra bread, I can loan it to you. I can X, Y, and Z, right? And I think that democracy, and the thing is, is democracy prep has done some good things in the world. Amazing right? things. Yeah. You know, um, and I think that it it really challenges those who come behind you because they have to repair that damage um, and I think that it's important for charter leaders and nonprofit leaders of color in particular to get training on how to do the business side of their work or else yeah. like either your nonprofit yeah. or your school fail, you end up in these type of situations. And, um, you know, I, I just think a lot of this is unavoidable. And, and like, listen, like I, I ain't the, I, it's taken me a minute to figure out how to balance five dollars because. <laughs> I, I've been using two nickels together trying to make it uh make a quarter, right? So I ain't yeah. I ain't knocking uh folks who's struggling with bread, right? Like because I think yeah. the struggle is what makes you appreciate a, a particular level of abundance where you can do for your kids more than you could do more than uh you experience as a child, right? Yeah, and so what I also think that comes with that is we need to educate ourselves. And I know, you know, there's a push for financial literacy. Um, in schools. And yes, I think that would be super helpful because it's things that I learn all the time. And, and for the grace of God, I have friends who are in, have been in, in spaces where they weren't in education um, yep. and they've been in corporate America and they work in finance and things like that. So they can school me on all of these things. So we need to, 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 to move away from what, what he actually did, but also think about us as Black folks yeah. in leadership positions, you got to surround yourself with people who know better so that we can do better collectively, for real. Yeah. But so, so you know, it, it, so uh, Natasha being an African-American female and then coming after him, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's real It's real hard to to, to kind of, you know, to, to precede someone, right, it, yeah. it, in a network that they founded. Yeah. And so, but she's doing a remarkable job. Uh, she's holding that shit together. She's holding it down. So shout out to that black woman for doing her thing, uh, given yeah. the constraints that, that that she's been given and given the situation that she's been given. So shout out to her. But um, shout out to charter school leaders in general, because I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and they were like, Simmons, I can't believe you support charter schools. And I said, I support good schools. And then and I literally quoted Ray Ankrum. And I said, in the words of Ray Ankrum, if your yeah. school is trash, yeah. It don't matter whether you public or uh, like a charter or whatever, it's trash. Yeah. So like, well, that ain't good you know for my kids. Theory. 
you you hey you you know my theory, man. Hey, if you got a trash ass school, I need that building. I need that building because I need to turn it into loft conversion so that we can do affordable housing for teachers. Because teachers can't live in the neighborhoods in which they teach in, right? And what better way for teach? Yeah, we got these condemned these condemned school That's buildings, right? right? I'm thinking about in Baltimore, you know, there's, there's some, some old schools that are not being used. Imagine yeah. if those schools were, were turned into lost. And so folks that were living in the county that wanted to actually live in the city could live in the city. Right. It could change the trajectory in the landscape of a school district if we just make housing affordable for, for teachers. Shout out to I, Naomi. I, I see you in the building. Um, Talking about the Minotti Fellowship. The Minotti Fellowship is a fellowship. Uh, from NCC, I'm doing a commercial. The Minotti, <laughs> the Minotti Fellowship is a fellowship from NCC that supports system leaders and school leaders from single site charter schools, uh, from the National Charter Collab. So shout out to Naomi Shelton. We gotta, we gotta bring you up. That's episode uh, 25. We having guests. Yeah, we should, we should definitely bring, bring her on. I'm interested to, to, to hear more about the fellowship. Uh, we yeah. should put together a list of fellowship for all of uh, the audience, a, a whole different list of fellowships for people that uh, will help them grow in their careers. Because uh, I definitely, you know, I love a good fellowship. Hey, ain't nothing like a good fellowship or a good a good time in, at Pahara. Uh, shout out Marissa. Marissa, I see you in the building. Uh, we got to bring you on, man. We got to talk to some of, these, uh, some of these black and brown parents and you will be the best person to do that. Because oh, I God. know you, you are bilingual. Hey. Yo, we need to do a show on the amount of intelligence that it takes in order for you to be bilingual. Because there's a lot of oh. deficit in, in K-12, probably, probably like K-2 PhD in terms of like how folks look at oh, yeah. uh, the folks that have English as a second language. That's, right? that's, that's the American way. Yeah, but bro, they don't understand how difficult it is in order for you to master that other language, right? I'm I know amazed. because I've tried to learn other languages, and they them shits is a whole hell of a lot harder than learning English. Man, I, I I was so terrible at French when I was in high school. They kicked me out of that joint <laughs> and told me, "Look, you need to take Spanish your last two years because you ain't going you may not graduate from high school." So I was like, "All right," but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always amazed at the people who know four, five, six different languages and like are fluent in all of those. And and we need to do a much better job, in particular in the black community, of elevating that um, as a skill set that we embrace and and making sure that bilingual schools uh, in the charter sector uh, aren't built around elitist principles uh, that only allow the select few. Uh, to get in, but make sure that access is much more available for all of our young folks. So, uh, yeah. I, I speak, I speak Detroit. I don't know. That, <laughs> um, I tried to learn it's Spanish when I lived in the Dominican Republic, but that didn't go too well. Yeah. So, hey, next up, man, we talking about monkeypox, right? And so we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to segue into this. An expert is going to segue us into this. And then we will have a conversation based off of what the expert says, right? Because you got a lot of people that think that they are experts in things that they're not experts in, right? And I hate that shit. It bothers me. So pet people, man. <laughs> so, so, um, so, so Dr. Phillips, man, I know a lot of folks, a lot of folks that are in New York, a lot of folks that are in San Francisco where this thing is hitting the fan, uh, coming from the World Health Organization and then also, um, um, some states are, are also uh, putting themselves on high notice about monkeypox, man. Can you can you talk to us ab ab about that? You feel comfortable talking to us about that and like and what what should folks be doing? 
Well, again, I think, you know, uh, monkeypox is similar to smallpox. It's a viral infection. Um, it is usually exchanged via respiratory secretions or direct contact. Um, it could take, you know, anywhere from a couple days to up to three weeks to start to demonstrate, you know, the first symptoms you might have, fever, chills, flu-like symptoms, and then you can have a rash. Um, the rash can start as some pimples, and I'm sure you've seen the many pictures online of how aggressive they can be. Um, this, uh, again, usually can clear up on its own. Um, there's some antiviral medications that can be helpful. Uh, there's a vaccine that is helpful. Um, as far as where it is, unfortunately, um, rearing its ugly head, it's in situations and populations that have high risk activities. So um, unfortunately, we've been seeing it a lot in men who have sex with men. Um, but I would probably equate that to any people that have high risk sexual activities need to be very careful, um, again, because that is a space that can, um, you know, where you can contract it very easily. You know, if you are living in those spaces, you know, I would highly encourage you to consider getting vaccinated to protect yourself. And if you are, you know, impacted by monkeypox, I would strongly recommend that anybody you've been in contact with, let them know, you know, you want to let your doctor know if, you, if you've been exposed so that they can, you know, direct you in the right way. I, I hope that gives you. Yo, you know, no, it, it, it absolutely does. Um, and then, because I know we're. Bro. So set up by the doctor, right? Because like it's, it's important. Again, it's important for us to set these things up right, right? Uh, so, sir, man, what 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 are your thoughts, man? What 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 kind of stood out for you, folks in the audience? Yeah. If you were listening, that what stood out to y'all? Put let us know in the comments. I'll be honest. Since the start of monkeypox, and I'll say, probably over the last three or four years, I've kind of tuned out of my usual routine you and h know like i used to be really big into the news every morning cnn msnbc like all of these things and i'll admit like i had checked out i would see it on social media but yesterday was the first time i'd actually dug in and kind of done some listening to what was going on and i think that um you know the, the challenge is that this runs the risk of the trope and yes. yes the stereotype like hiv of only being yep. something contracted by uh gay and uh trans men if i'm understanding mm -hmm. correctly right mm -hmm. and i think that's dangerous right because one it creates a problematic response and a toxic culture towards gay brothers in particular mm -hmm. in our mm -hmm. community right and yep. Yep. If people pay attention, it's not exclusively connected to uh, relationships that uh, gay men have with each other. Right? Yeah, he cleaned it up. He he he's, and he, he named and, it, but then and, and he I said think, high risk. High, and I think for me, it's important yeah. to name that it's high risk behavior. Yes. Right. And yep. th there are a variety of ways of describing it because once we go down that rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Then we get into a space where it becomes like the China virus and other yep. derogatory ways of describing yep. a people yep. when that 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 is totally not factually true. And 
It's just derogatory, right? And built upon uh, heterosexism, homophobia, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, yeah. And anti-Asian yeah. bias in the case of the China virus. So I think there's that part for me. The other yeah. part is that um, I appreciate the hands Sunday because I don't think there's enough information out about what it is. Because until I heard that, yeah. I didn't realize like what what it would look like and... Uh, I was talking to uh, my mother today and she was like, oh, yeah, I can't go to the mall anymore and try on clothes. And I was like, what? I ain't taking no sheets. I'm taking my own sheets to the hotels and da 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 And I'm like, huh. And it had never dawned on me until I had this conversation. I just think that in the black community in particular, we need more education about this so that um, young people families and communities are educated about it and not ignorant about it. Um, mm -hmm. And I didn't even realize till I heard him talk about it, there was a vaccine. Yeah, so I, no, there's I, definitely I, a vaccine. There's not, so 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 right now, currently- but Wait, hold on, but minimal, wait. the only thing I learned from yeah. uh, watching another video about this is that, um, is that in order to get the vaccine, I think you actually have to catch monkeypox. Yes, you do, yep. Which I didn't, so, I was like, well, what? Well, shit, that ain't helpful. <laughs> it's not helpful at all. So, so uh, there's so America has a healthy dosage of sm of the smallpox vaccine. There's a minimal amount of the monkeypox vaccine, and so that is why you can only get it if you contracted it, right? And so, if you contracted it, that's the only reason why you can. That's the only way that you can get it. And so, right now, what they're doing, similar to COVID, is that they're ramping up production on this monkeypox vaccine so that it can go out in mass, right? But my thing is this: I'm coming at this from a whole different angle, right? I'm coming at it, and, and folks, if you are in the audience right now and you are, are you tote your Bible and you do the things that you need to do in terms of keeping your uh, keep keeping yourself in, in in good relations with God, right? I'm thinking about Genesis. Right. So I'm thinking about all of these diseases that 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 have happened that have been eradicated. Right. We got monkeypox. We got malaria showing up again. You got smallpox showing to get up again. You got polio showing up again. Bro, this is the end of times. Right. This is the end of times. The only thing that we are missing right now is we're missing uh, the, 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 the locusts. Right. The that, that, yo, yo, with the plague. Bro, this is the end of times, man. We had the cicadas so, already. So. Yes, we absolutely had the cicadas, bro. This is the end of times, man. It's like, yo, you got these people running around here uh, on January 6th attacking the government. Man, this is the end of times, bro. And and ain't nobody being held accountable for it. Bro, end of times, I'm telling you. All right. Listen, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't go that far down the rabbit hole because I have young kids and uh, I want to be optimistic for when they go to school on August 22nd and, and say like, <laughs> Damn, Malcolm! All you gonna do is complete. Oh, it's revelations. It's not. It's not Genesis. It's revelations. I don't know how I got that wrong, man. I told my Bible. <laughs> yeah, you put all it right. in all in reverse order. You started with shout death. out, uh, life. shout out Diana. Uh, shout out Chad. Um, uh, shout out Toya. Uh, and shout out uh Nancy and Tracy. We see y'all in the audience, man. Thanks for coming to kick it with us. If you could like or share this, that would be uh, we'd be extremely grateful for you doing that. Thank you. And check us out on Spotify too. You gotta tell them it's available on Spotify. Yeah, definitely on Spotify. Um, yeah. so what are we talking about next? Uh all right, so this right here, bro. This right here. I know you I know, I know you I know you ready. 
I know you're ready. Let me, let me set it up, though. Let me. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. So, so mystical, right? So, mystical, um, a, a rapper from the South, right? Um, um, I guess very prevalent in like the late 80s, early 90s, right? I guess his biggest hit uh, in thinking back was uh, Shake Your Ass when he was on Jive Records, right? So he's on Jive Records, comes out with Shake Your Ass. It's a beat uh, made by Pharrell, very popular, right? And so that's when he he was on No Limit Records. So that's when he kind of transcended uh, into, into superstardom, right? So uh, he had a... A, a female financial manager, right? And somehow or another, she had like stolen money from him. And so in order for him to get even from her stealing money from him, he forced her into a sexual act, right? And so that's rape allegation number one in which he went away and did six years for, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is not my opinion here for folks that are listening to this, right? He was convicted in a court of his peers, Right. It's Louisiana. So, you know, it's only so much that, you know, that you can say about that. But regardless of the fact he was convicted of this crime in a court of his peers. Right. So then once he came home, there was a a second allegation of a rape. Right. He was held for three million dollars bond. And then, uh, you know, eventually those charges were dropped. And there's a lot of reasons and rationales as to why charges can be dropped. Doesn't necessarily mean that he didn't do it. Just means that he ended up getting out of the situation, right? And so um, from from the second time to the third time, there were some domestic violence charges. Apparently, he can't keep his hands to himself, right? And so now we're coming up on the third, uh, the third charge of rape in the first degree, um, also uh, accused of um, strangulation uh, or whatever, right? So this, this basically says to me that he can't keep his hands to himself. Now... The problem that I have with this, sir, right, is that you still have some people out here that are that are saying he's innocent until proven guilty. And that why are we bringing a good man down? Why are we bringing these artists down? Why are we having these types of conversations about these artists? And so I'm I'm rearing you up. I'm letting you go. Yeah, my mystical opinion isn't as nuance says Deshaun Watch. You know, I can't have a show and not talk about nuance. Mystical is much more straightforward. Like, to me, bruh, like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> what? why is this even a conversation? Um, okay. So for me, I don't, um, I, I, I don't really get why people are up in arms about the mystical thing. Like, I don't, okay. I don't get it. Um, I, I just don't. Like, I, I just, I think that there's a common denominator to both, right? I will say, is that there is this, almost this suspension of truth when we think about the number of people who, don't want to critique other black people. What I mean yes. is that, mm-hmm. and you, you and I and H have talked about this before, right? It's almost like when I would go into the barber shop and I'd be it's like, oh, doc, like, you know, the, the X and Y and Z and Obama, such and such and such and such. And I'm like, look, I, 
I would never want to be the first black president in the United States of America. I mean, one, I'd never want to be the, a, a president in general, right? Um, yeah. but, but that also doesn't mean that we shouldn't hold brother Barack Obama accountable for things that don't align with what we expect of our leaders, right? And they, they would get all mad in the barbershop. Are you, you said, 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 bro, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, absolutely. Bro, there's only so much that he, listen, there's only so much that he could do as, as president of the United States, right? It's like, you gotta, Fair you gotta enough. understand, you gotta understand social studies. You gotta understand U.S. history in Fair order enough. for you to understand that. The, but, the, but, but my point, my point, yeah. sir, kind yeah. sir, my point is, is that similar to mystical, I don't disagree with what you were saying. Uh, yeah. my, my point is that we have to be willing as black folks, um, shake it fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lot of comments, man. I, Dude, the comments I are crazy. Anyway, I just think that, that, I, I'm not willing to not believe black women. Yeah. I'm just not. Yeah. Right? I, I, I would rather say, okay, let's get to the bottom of it. And if you are a repeat offender of these such things, yeah, like you want me to believe that you didn't do it, but yet you were convicted once. Yeah. And then the other thing is who's as I said in the previous part of the show, who's around him that allows him to put himself in these situations consistently? Yeah, bro, that's wild. <laughs> now, Watson, I yeah. have a real opinion on. Okay, so what you say you have a real opinion on him? Yeah, mystical, I'm kind of ambivalent on. Like, eh. Okay. And so let me give you the full screen so so, the, so you can share your full opinion. If you could just set it up for folks so that they understand exactly yeah. uh yeah so deshaun watson is a um nfl quarterback for those who don't know he used to play for the houston texans went to clemson university um and is an amazing football player no one will take that away from him. like one of the top at least in my opinion top five quarterbacks in the nfl right at least i top think that's 10. cap i think that's cap but go ahead yeah top 10 at least right uh, yeah top 10 yeah he was accused while he was in houston of uh, sexual misconduct with massage therapists, 24, 25 of them, some number that is just way out there, right? Amidst all of this, he then gets traded to the Cleveland Browns who sign him to, if I think at that point, the largest contract in the history of the NFL with the most guaranteed money it ever. It still is. It, it still, still is, is right? The, yeah. the the feedback from a from a contractual standpoint from under and other NFL teams is like you reset the whole market unnecessarily and you didn't have to right so there's that piece amidst all of this he settles I think 24 of the 25 or whatever number I think there's one or two cases left out there where he hasn't settled the court dismissed the charges right like he wasn't criminally charged but now so, it's all okay so, so let's be let's let's be clear about this right for for because you know you're the king of nuance right so let's 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 right. let's let's uh, let's let's really talk about this right so there's a certain there's a there's a burden of proof in order for you to 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 proceed with a court case right correct and so and then if if let's say 
10 of these cases, because all, all 24 didn't go to the grand jury, right? So mm -hmm. let's say 10 of these cases went to the grand jury. And the grand jury came back and was like, we don't have enough to criminally, uh, to proceed uh, with criminal charges against this guy. So we're going to dismiss these charges, right? You don't think that gives him a little bit of credibility in terms of like him not doing anything or him not him not doing what they said he did? That's Here's a question. The Here's the thing for me. 20, if there are 25 cases, like I'm not sure if it's 24 or 25, what the specific number is, but I'll go with 25 for the sake of argument, right? Yeah, yeah. If there are 25 cases, 25 women ain't lying. I can't believe that. No. I can't believe that. Okay. Agree, agree. So, 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 so for me, there's that. But what's more problematic for me is the fact that, um, and granted, right? I'm a, I'm a gambler, which you and H know. Right. Like was yeah. in Vegas last yeah. week, had a good time at the sports bet. Crap table was nice. It's great. Right. So I'm a gambler. Yeah. Calvin yeah. Ridley. And this is part of the, the part that I don't understand about the NFL. And this is where there's yeah. complexity to this. Right. The NFL comes out and they suspend him for six games okay. for these these cases and this their misconduct policy. It's nefarious behavior. His nefarious behavior. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the thing for me that is so interesting is the NFL has now backed themselves into a corner because it used to be when Roger Goodell was the commissioner. Um, and now what's the guy's name? Uh, Adam Silver? No. Is that basketball? No, Adam Silver's NBA. Who's the commissioner now? Um, it's not Goodell. It's still Roger it? Goodell. It's still, it's still Goodell. Roger Goodell. Yeah. It's still Goodell. Yeah. I get it all. He's got a lifetime appointment. Yeah, I bet he does in lifetime. He does. The owners love his ass, bro. He got a life. Roger right. Goodell has a lifetime appointment, bro. Man. Yeah. Anyway, I don't even go go down that bag. He getting. But anyway, and what they did was after like all of these other cases, Goodell was the judge, jury, and executioner for lack of, of a better term. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They then said and took the feedback that that's actually not good. They came up with a new new structure where they had an independent arbiter make these decisions. Well, the independent yeah. arbiter came back and made a decision on six games. So they now they, they could. They, no, they, they could. can. They can. Technically, he does have the power to overturn it because he put That's in right. that additional layer. He put on That's that additional right. layer. But if he does that, if he does that, he's going to get sued and they're going to lose. And they're going to lose. But the thing is, is that with Calvin Ridley, Right. I want to highlight that, A, he bet on football games when he was on the injured reserve. He's a whole okay? dumbass. Which he, which whoever's in it, again, whoever's <laughs> around him should have said, bro, this isn't a good idea. You should give yeah. me your money. Let me go yeah. bet on the games if you want to bet. Right. So there's that piece. Right. He got. El Michelle, hold on, real quick, real quick, real quick. I want you to finish this point. El Michelle, don't you go nowhere. We got something coming up for you next. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, oh, she, go ahead. Fire for this one. Um, and the the thing is, she <laughs> El Michelle gonna be like, "What's the agenda for this show?" <laughs> H ain't around. Y'all two on here with no agenda, because you know she she love to talk about the agenda. Uh, yeah, I had the agenda. I sent, out, I sent out the commercial. But go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> and so, um, he got suspended for a whole year, lost eleven yeah. million dollars in in checks, and mm -hmm. I think was it last year? Or is it this year? That it's in, is it last no, year? No, anyway. it's this year in which they're going to uh, enact the, the, the penalty. Right. 
So he's going to yep. lose $11 million because it's game check. Deshaun Watson, he's not suspended for a year. And I think they said he's only going to lose like $300,000, in bread because of how the Browns set up their contract. His contract. Yes, yes, yes. So part of me is like frustrated that the Browns participated in the shenanigans. Yeah. And I'm just like, you've awarded his behavior. Kaepernick can't never play in the NFL again. Ever. <laughs> but Deshaun Watson can. I, yeah. I don't. I'm confused by all of this and how it all works. And it bothers me that the way in which he has been less than contrite, he's exhibited no humility. And I'm like, bro, like you ain't got no mama, no auntie, no sister, no like, no nothing. Like you, you, you don't have any empathy and you ain't got nobody around you telling you like, bro, this is no good. Like, what are we doing here? So it's disappointing in the NFL. And I'll admit, I was disappointed when I heard about this because I actually thought Deshaun Watson was an amazing football player in a yeah. bad situation from a football perspective in, in Houston. Like I thought he should have left Houston taking a trade, whatever. But so when I heard this, I was like, damn, like 24, 25. And I'm like, what, bro, like, what, what are you doing, man? Like what? I don't, I ain't, I ain't understand it. So it, it, it sads me, but I will say my hypocrisy in the world is my love of uh, pro and college football and hip-hop yeah right like and there's a level of hypocrisy that i struggle with um on a consistent basis of like damn i don't want to watch college or pro football because of all the things that i'm like kids ain't getting paid but yet the coach is getting eight ten fifteen twenty million dollars yeah, nfl yeah, yeah. and cash and da 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 um, plus yeah. the Lions will never win, which is, although I'm putting it out there for Sharif el Mecky. My Lions are coming yeah, for y'all. We're, in moving, the first we're moving on. Week. We're moving on in the show. We're you're losing the audience. Lions. That's all right. You're losing, you're, you're losing the audience. Hey, so really quick, this next thing we're talking about here is men interested in AKA, AKA the Miyakas. We're talking about the Miyakas, right? And so full disclosure, right? In undergrad, I was a Miyaka. Bro, I was a Miyaka in undergrad, right? And so I don't know what has happened in terms of like what this transition to what Miyaka is now compared to what Miyaka was then, right? And so I'm interested to dive into this segue as a form of Miyaka, right? Because I had to resign after I find out like what's what's happening now. I, gotta find, <laughs> I, had, to, I had to resign. Like it don't it don't it don't match with me. And I, I'm I'm not anti LBGTQA. Uh, AIA, I, I wear my pride socks. I represent. I, I do everything that needs to be done in terms of being a good ally. But I just don't understand this. And so let's uh let's 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 go through it. El Michelle, if you in the comments, any AKAs in the comments, if you want to uh share your thoughts in the comments under a pseudonym or whatever, I understand. We're not trying to get y'all letters snatched, but we are trying to have a conversation about Yahoo. All right, so. You brought it to my attention, 
right? Uh, somehow or another, being messy, and <laughs> and and I could I couldn't let it go, and so it looks like um, it looks like the Miyakas are uh, so so background, right? Because I I think I have the the wrong screen. It was at a Texas school, I think. Yeah, a, a Texas school is it a Texas HBCU. Yeah. Um, in which a uh, a group uh founded um. Well, they didn't find they didn't find anything, right? Let's start there, right? Miyakas have always been present in terms of like men supporting AKA. So I'm guessing, and 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 I don't. I, I, I don't know. Somebody in the audience can kind of clear this up if, if, if need be. My, when I was a Miyaka, it, it was more so like men that support uh, uh, these young ladies when they're going through their process, when they're going through their program, right? I'm not going to say pledging because pledging is illegal, outlawed in 1985. But when they're going through their program in terms of becoming an AKA, you had uh, fellows, fellas that would support them, right? And those those dudes were, were were labeled as miyakas. Same with the deltas. I think deltas is delta gents. Um, I, I, the, the zays. I think they just call sigmas. Uh, and then uh, I th- I I I wish H was here to give us the name for for. Uh, I think it's SG Romeos, the Romeos for for SG Rose, right? Well, I got too and many. So names. everybody had everybody had a little a little group in terms of like who would support or whatever, right? And so now what I'm seeing is that you have uh, a group of. Um, of gay men that have taken over uh, Miyaka and are now trying to sue in order to become members of, of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. So, bro, what are your thoughts? Because I know there's a lot of nuance to this for you. There's nuance for me. Yeah. Uh, one, I think that... Um, I, 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 I just think that the legacy of black fraternities and sororities, there's some things that you just don't mess with. And uh, I'm just not convinced that, um, wow, my my homeboy Chad coming for the Lions. That's all right, wait till uh, we we gonna go eight and eight this year. But anyway, um, I think that there's some things that um, are just, Is El Michelle the AKA? She is. She must be. She must be. <laughs> she is. Uh, we Syracuse have her on the show to talk about this. She, hey, she went, she went to Syracuse. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I, I just find that the whole thing is just fundamentally flawed. And, like, why, why would you want to join a sorority if you're not a woman? Now, I will say that I am... There's nuance to that. <laughs> there is nuance, right? There is nuance. And that's why I'm kind of puzzling through to how to think about this ever since I shared the article, because I had never heard of it before, you know? Yeah. And I know a bunch of AKs, right? Like, yeah. I just do. And like, so yeah. I circulated it with, with them, and yeah. uh, I won't get into the details of how they explained <laughs> it to me. I, I think it's better left for a show where uh, it is unfiltered for uh, members of Greek letter, orga- black Greek letter organizations to come and talk about this, right? Yeah, you're not and, getting that show. You're not getting that show. Yeah. It's, too, it's too much pressure out here, but go ahead. Much, yeah, so I think it it reminds me of the, conf- of my 
struggle with things like when white people show up at an HBCU. Okay. Okay. Where for me or a white person shows up to the barbershop. And I was talking to my barber about this the other day because he moved shops. And uh, the shop that he was at shut down. And I was like, well, why did it close? And he was like, all the black barbers left because there started to be more and more non-black folks who came into the barbershop and it changed the dynamic because a black man's paradise for that one, two hours of your week is in the barbershop. You can talk about whatever you want related to black people. You could talk about whatever you want related to race, anything you want. You could say the most ignorant shit you want in the barbershop. And it's a safe space, right? So for me, as someone who knows AKAs, have both my parents went to HBCUs, um, <laughs> this is probably something, this sounds like some shit you would say, uh, but I, I'm going to capture Ray Ankle. Um, I, I don't know. There are some things that I just don't think should be integrated. Yes. <laughs> I just, I just think that because of the ways in which Black people have to experience the world. Mm-hmm. It is okay for us to have things that's just for us, both mm-hmm. by race and gender, right? Like, mm-hmm. I just think the world of Black women, knowing Black women, seeing them succeed, seeing them be marginalized by Black male patriarchy um, and other forms of uh, white supremacy, I think it's okay and a necessary space for Black women to gather, support each other, love each other and hold each other up, right? In the same way that I always wanna ask, and I know one white guy who's in a, in a black fraternity, he's a Sigma. Uh, <laughs> don't judge, don't judge people. No, so, 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 so real, real quick, real quick, real quick, just, just to paint a picture here, right? So there are white members of, yeah. of, of every D9 organization. So let's Correct. not get it twisted, right? There, there are white members of every D9 organization, right? But I, I, I think for me, as, as being a member of one, like yeah. I always think, I, I'm always very critical of it, right? Because I'm always thinking to myself, I'm like, yo, like you got a whole lot of other shit that you can go do, right? Like, why are you here, right? And so some of them, you know, some of them have unique stories, unique perspectives as to like why they would want to be involved or, or do work for the for, for the fraternity, right? Um, yeah. but some of them again are opportunists, right? I, I've seen yeah. white fraternity members that will get will become a member of the organization only yeah. to use that membership in order to network and get their feet in the door, never to look back at members of those black organizations. I've seen this shit happen. There's a kappa right yeah. now. That- there's a kappa right now that is in the entertainment industry uh, that went to went to school with some of my buddies or whatever, and he don't he don't mess with them, they don't mess with him or whatever. But he used that as a segue to get him into the industry, bro. Serious, real talk. See, I I think that um, there is a need for internal discussions of these things behind closed doors with Greek letter mm-hmm. organizations, the Agreed. black church, barbershop, et cetera, et cetera. There are just some conversations that I think have to happen amongst black folks in our individual organizations around holding ourselves accountable, yep. around what is it that we think our organization should be and become in 2022 and beyond based yep. on where things are currently 
And I often find that I'm not convinced that we want to take that type of time as Black folks to really have those difficult conversations, right? And and I, I think, and, and, and it's always hard. It's like being Black in, in ac- academia, where someone yeah. would always say, well, they would have all these opinions about academics. And I'd be like, yeah, but like, you ain't even in the space. So right. there's more nuance to it. And the same level of respect that I have for Black academics and Black fraternities and sororities, I also have equal criticism and critique of those organizations and their unwillingness to hold their own selves accountable in mass, not individually, but in mass. Yeah. And, and I, I think it. that, um, and I, I just find that uh, the conversation about the Miyakas is nuanced um, and requires all Greek letter organizations who may have this uh, experience, because I would imagine it's not just AKAs no. dealing with this. I think it's important for Black Greek letter organizations to have a come to Jesus moment, so to speak, of what are we going to do when someone who wasn't born a man or a woman decides they want to join our organization, which is built on um, whatever is uh, built on. Yeah. or Black women and Black men? Like, what do you actually do and how do we? do that because the reality of it is that I find uh, black folks could be some of the most homophobic people in the world. Right. And I I think that we need to own the ways in which our homophobia uh, frames how we uh, maintain organizations. So uh, I think it's complicated and I wasn't trying to be messy when I said it. I had never heard that before. When someone said it to me, I was like, Oh, this is a thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% trying to be messy. <laughs> you were trying to be messy as fuck. Look, man, what's up? Hey, just... hey, and 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 you and you 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 succeeded. All right, Trump, Russia. So Trump, you know, is is in the news again. This dude is in the news every day. The problem that I have with Trump being in the news is that he's not in jail, right? Like he should be in jail and then be in the news, right? Because like we know that this dude is a criminal. He's a crook. He's a charlatan. He's a carpet bagger. Everything under the sun. Uh, we can we can associate with our former president, who, if some folks have their way, will be elected again as president, which is scary as hell. Right. And so, here's what I will say about this. Right. So we got Brittany Griner, uh, Brittany Free Brittany. Right. We had our t-shirts. We got to we got to show off for H. Right. And so yeah. Brittany Griner, uh, WNBA. A superstar who probably could be uh, effective in the NBA, right? Agreed. Um, yeah, is uh is, is currently locked up in a Russian prison, a Russian jail, right? And so uh, yeah. they're saying that he tried to smuggle um, marijuana cartridges uh, back home or, or whatever, right? And so mm-hmm. from what I'm hearing, right, and from what I'm reading is that this may have been prescribed. Right. Some some of the stuff that she ha, ha, was was the stuff that she was bringing back may have been prescription uh, medication. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we have uh, the United States government who's getting a lot of pressure from uh, the Democratic Party in order to get her back. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, get her back to the United States. And so there is a deal in the works. Uh, Tony Blankenship. Uh, I forget what our 
Secretary of State, his name is Tony something, uh, is uh, <laughs> is uh, is working. Uh, we're trying to work a deal to where we give uh, the Russian Bin Laden uh, back to uh, Russia in order to get uh, 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 Brittany Griner and, and some other guy uh, back from Russia, right? And so Trump comes in, and Trump is like, "That doesn't seem like a fair deal." <laughs> So I want to hear your thoughts on this because a lot of a lot of people are are, are are in the Trump camp on this, and these aren't Republicans. These are just people that just feel like it ain't a fair deal. So go ahead. What are your thoughts? Um, first of all, uh, anything intellectual and Trump and thoughtful don't go together. So okay, let's start with that, right? Like I I don't take him seriously, except about uh. One thing, one thing. When he came into office, he said, I want to drain the swamp, right? Okay. I agreed with him that there is a swamp of the political class of people that this is what they do. They do politics as a career, right? Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes that can blind you to the needs of the people, right? Mm -hmm. Now his assessment of the swamp and nuance of the swamp, I disagree with, right? His assessment of Brittany Griner is spoiled uh, I just find to be disgusting because he pardoned people who were entitled. He pardoned Kodak Black, yeah. pardoned Kodak Black and Lil Wayne. Bro. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like that that part. Now the trade. I don't work for the State Department. I'm not going to get into whether they should trade dude for these two people because <laughs> one life. How do we determine whose life matters more than another? Right. I think that's uh, I think that's difficult. Um, but I also think that um, there is an opportunity to reset this young sister's life by bringing her home. And, you know, does that mean we risk unleashing this guy on um, on a whole lot of bad to do bad things. I mean, it's quite possible. Right. And that's where I struggle because I lived through nine 11 in Detroit as a teacher. Right. Like I, I don't, if someone is possibly contributing to that type of stuff, it's scary to me. Uh, and I think that the Biden administration is a no in a no win situation with this one. I think it's a no win situation. Like I, I mean, if you, there are some people who believe she just is smuggling weed into Russia. And like it wasn't prescription, but I, I tend to believe what I'm hearing that it is prescription. And, uh, you know, there's a medical card, although I, I need to figure out how to get a medical card. But that's a whole other conversation. Um, Bro, uh, Anthony Blinken. Uh, oh, that's because I, I like to incorrect myself. That's the Secretary of State. <laughs> I don't know, I, and, and they call him Tony. So Tony Blinken. Uh, is is the uh, secretary of state? Really so why don't you break it down for us? Because you and I have had this debate for yeah. uh, quite a while, and you and yeah. I disagree on this one. We definitely disagree on this one. So, so my my thoughts are this, right? My thoughts are that you know, don't and, get us. And I'm, gonna channel, I'm, I'm gonna channel my my outer H, right? And so, uh, in channeling my outer H, I think that you know this would have never happened. She would have never been in Russia had uh, WNBA players were fairly compensated and, right. and, and paid their worth, right? And so, like, if, if, if WNBA players 
were paid a similar amount to the max deals that we're seeing from some of these NBA players, right? Then she would have never had to go to Russia in order to play, uh, play basketball over there in order to, you know, uh, make a living wage for her family to support her family. So we'll start there. Right. And so want to give her her props for like, you know, being an athlete and using her athleticism to go uh, to Russia in order to make money to provide for her family. Right. Um, but you got to know where you, you listen, you got to know where you're at. Right. And so, you know, you are playing uh, pro basketball in, in, a, in a place that has just started a war, an unnecessary war with. Uh, so you, you already know you, you in the, you in the home of a bully. Right. And so you being an American in Russia, given the fact that, you know, America is supporting uh, Ukraine uh, probably more than anybody, any, anybody else. Right. And so therefore, would you be in a public figure? You know, there's going to be a lot of spotlight on you in terms of like, you know, watching your comings, your goings or whatever, because if they have the opportunity to leverage who you are with regards to gaining a competitive advantage against the United States, they're going to take whatever they can get in order to, to, to do that. I don't think that she was detained before the war. I think that the war had already gone, gone on, started. Um, and so, you know, and plus, you know, we think about, when we think about the Ukrainian war, we don't think about the land that they had taken, the annexed land and like all this other land that they have take, they had taken from Ukraine prior to this actual bombing of the capital, right? So like this war is a war that has yeah. been going on for years, right? So Naomi, get out of the comments trying to correct me. Not correct me on this. I know my shit. Oh, um, can't deal with so, right now. Yeah, and so, and so, so you have that part, right? Yeah. Man, I'm just... I'm just I I wish and, and people are like, well, if LeBron had, had been in Russia, then America would have done things in order to get him home faster or whatever. Right. And I think there's nuance to that argument, because I don't think that I don't think that LeBron would have had cartridges in his in his on his person or on his being in order to be detained by the Russian. Right. And so I think that that's that's the argument that I want to focus on. I don't want to focus on like the 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 the. the patriarchy that's involved in this because we all know that you know that exists right but what about the i'm just gonna not i'm gonna have common sense in terms of like yeah but i think this is where we need to talk about the the global legalization of marijuana mm -hmm. okay to me and okay. I, I i i and you and h notice right like for me i i tend to find that people don't want to have conversations like that because it makes some people uncomfortable, yeah. right? And uh, I think that there needs to be a much broader discussion around the globalization of marijuana, globalization uh, that is legal around marijuana. And then I think uh, to your point, which I, and I, I remember eight saying this at one point uh, to us, uh, when we were talking about this uh, off off the show about she wouldn't be in this situation if the M WNBA was paying the same wages that the NBA was paying. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think that's something I hadn't thought about um, that uh, was really refreshing when I heard uh, H uh, mention that um, in, in, in all the ways in which she holds us accountable for things like that. And, and I worry about how she's going to do when she is released. 
Yeah. Right. Like, is she going to be um, able to reorient to her family? Um, I think, you I think she and her partner have a daughter. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. the baby is pretty young, um, separate from her basketball career, you know, like yeah. when you're an athlete, that's like gonna, that, that's gonna be, because that's going to be, that's going to be tough too. It's, it, it, you know, that's, that's a long layover and like, you know, it, being a pro athlete, there's a lot that's involved in that, man. You don't just show up. You don't, don't just show, show up, up like 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 Leonard Fournette. That dude showed up at 395 pounds. <laughs> crazy, man. Was like, I was like, bro, like, what are you doing, man? Like, you, what just happened here? You like, what's going on here, man? But you know, shout out to Leonard Fournette. He should join the show and yeah. talk to us about his uh his uh career. So yeah. he's listening. You know, yeah. He should join us. Yeah. yeah. And so and so let's 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 go back to neighbor because you know I I gotta give her 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 uh her, her props when she finds out a fact. And so uh upon Naomi's research, right, uh it was a week later in which uh uh Brittany uh, Brittany Griner was detained. She was detained on February 17th, and then uh the Ukraine Ukrainian war or the invasion of the Ukraine started February 24th. And so my point is is that you know it's up until up because they they had been they had been uh they had troops at the border for months saying months. that they weren't going to do anything and that this was all like a military procedure and whatnot. Right. And like you have seen like this, this, this media campaign of like, Oh, we're going to just blame it on the West. This is the West that's, that's doing this and that before they even went and invaded. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they had known or had plans that they were going to invade uh, uh, Ukraine uh months before they actually invaded ukraine right mm -hmm. so even though that was a month uh, even though that was a week later in which the, the the detaining occurred right um it still i i think played an important uh chess piece for the russians in order for them to be able to do that because they knew that they were going to invade ukraine that was my point yeah yeah i mean i don't th I, I i just think there's so many challenges with this that um and 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 i'll admit like i've been a little more convinced of your argument about trading uh her and these other folks for um the russian bin laden merchant of death is what they call him right like <laughs> if yo bro that's homeland i watch homeland bro i know but the thing is is that in the u.s government and in our society we've traded for worse yeah. Right. And so that's the thing for me. It's like, all right. And I'm sure, you know, I'm a conspiracy theorist, obviously. They yeah. can put a chipping dude and like keep tabs on him. I'm a, I'm assuming like that's how this hey, works. They got, they got that new Blackhawk. I saw that new Blackhawk missile they got where oh, it, just, oh. it just it just spreads out. You know, it don't even, it, there's no, it just, just, just goes. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think. Yeah, I, I feel bad for for her. But we can't educate kids, though. But we can't educate. We got missiles that can go and find you with a chip, but we can't educate these kids, sir. We're not gonna do that today. All right, <laughs> we're not, we're not gonna. You're not gonna go on your rant about us about the kids can't read. We need to do better. Uh, you know, like you know, you're not necessarily wrong, but we're not gonna do that uh, today. All right. So, hey, close us out, man. What are your closing thoughts? Folks, hey, we appreciate you coming and kicking with us. If you're in the audience oh, right now, let us know you're here. Uh, share, like this. You know, uh, you know, we, we get better each week. Uh, after episode 25, we're bringing on guests. We wanted to make sure we had our cadence down. 
before yeah. we started bringing on guests. So y'all could y'all could be familiar with us uh prior to. But uh sir, uh what's your final I'm, thought? I'm teaching a new class this uh upcoming fall semester on nonprofits and uh I'm using this book here, The Revolution Will Not Be Funded Beyond the Nonprofit Industrial Complex. So uh I've only read excerpts of it, so I'm gonna start reading it uh in depth tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that. And then there's another book about philanthropy that I'm going to use in the class um, for, for folks to choose from. Cause some people may not want to read that. They may want to read more about philanthropy. So I'm looking forward to that um, because it's something I'm passionate about having worked in the nonprofit sector and the education sector, the majority of my career. Uh, so I'm looking forward to working with a group of, uh, of uh, students at American university uh, in our doc program. Uh, no, I think they're master's students for that class. And I'm teaching another class on race, the course that I always teach on race in school. So uh, in education. So if anybody has suggestions for books, uh, I know Chad has all sorts of exception uh, 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 access to books that he would recommend. So um, and Naomi, send me some good literature that you think we should do. Uh, Naomi actually came to my class one time, bro. This she? Yeah, she set that joint on fire. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, Naomi, Naomi's yeah. brilliant. She needs to be in that yeah. that non nonprofit um John yeah. at, at, at Georgetown. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to those who are applying. We have a webinar. Uh, we have over 120, 140 people uh, interested um, yeah. in the Micron nonprofit nonprofit fellowship for nonprofit leaders of color. I can't remember what I called it. Yeah, uh, it's been a while since we started it, but looking forward to to that and the application process. So, yeah. But hey, Nate, but but you also get on my nerves too. So don't forget that part too. <laughs> hey, so uh my closing thoughts are this, man. Book I'm recommending is uh man, I'm going with Ratchet Demics, man, by uh by by, by uh Dr. Chris Emden. Um yeah. I've seen a lot of folks, a lot of folks on on the A Black Hands uh, Twitter page that are discussing the built the book. So it made me go out and get it. So uh Ratchet Demics, uh, Chris Emden. Uh, Chris, if you if if, if you if you're looking at this, Doctor Emden, man, we'd love to have you on the hands or, or have you come through three times dope, kick it with us, uh, give a book talk, talk about the book, and, uh, and yeah, and and that's my final thoughts. And also, you know, shout out to the to, to the folks that are going into the schools uh, this week and and these upcoming weeks. Uh, we understand that you know there's a lot on the line here. This is the year of the student, and uh, and we want to make sure that. Um, isn't it always the year of the student or no? It, it should always be the year of the student, but sometimes, bro, I be getting confused, man, <laughs> with how some of these people be approaching education. Yeah. So if you if, if it's not the year of the student for you, make sure that it is the year of the student because it should always be about the students, right? And that's so right. that's my energy. That's our energy. Next week, H will be back, and, uh, and we will see you then. Thanks for coming to kick it with us. We appreciate y'all. Peace. Hey.